y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 66. We have a fun one today. McGee and I were down a couple weeks back in Hoover, Alabama at the SEC Media Days where we had the opportunity to chat with every single one of the 14 head coaches in the conference. And this year, unlike 2018, we also had the opportunity to chat with several key players in the conference. We got the opportunity to chat with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the quarterback at Alabama. We got the opportunity to chat with Kelly Bryant, who transferred from Clemson over to Missouri to play for our guy Barry Odom. We got the opportunity to chat with Cash Daniel, the amazing linebacker for the Kentucky Wildcats, Jake Fromm, the quarterback at Georgia, on and on. We got the opportunity to learn about these young men and their places in those programs' histories and how they believe their careers have developed, what they expect in 2019, kind of music they like, who they want to play golf with, what they do on their downtime, which as college football players, they really don't have that much of. And we want you guys to hear from a couple of those players today. We want you guys to hear from Cash Daniel, Jake Fromm, and we also want you to hear what Grant Delpit, the arguably the best defensive back in the country and a potential top five pick in next April's draft, has to say about playing at LSU. But before we get to those guys, I came across this story that Travis sent me in the last couple of days that I felt was so cool. And it's not in the SEC, it's actually in the Big 12, West Virginia University. And before I share that story with you guys, don't forget hiring is challenging. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter will send your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications pour in, ZipRecruiter analyzes every single one and spotlights top candidates so you'll never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter have a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, you guys can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. West Virginia, the Mountaineers. They had to hire a new football coach this offseason as Dana Holgerson and his glorious skullet made their way down to Houston, Texas to coach Cougars. And so the Mountaineers welcome in Neil Brown. And everybody that I've spoken with in and around the West Virginia program, they're so excited about having Coach Brown in town. And now, because of this story that Travis sent me, I totally understand why. So what Coach Brown did, all right, he comes in. I guess I should mention the fact that until last season, for the past four years, he's been the head coach at Troy, at Troy University in Alabama. And he's 39 years old. He's a total beast. All right, he's indomitable, man. I love his passion. 
and he just gets it. What he just did with his program is the consummate example. What he did was he took his team to the coal mines. He wanted his team to see and feel and smell and experience a tangible example of that which they represent every single day. The folks of West Virginia, the blue-collar, hard-working coal miners that so proudly make up that state. And WVU football put out this video on Twitter. You guys can go find it at West Virginia's football Twitter handle. It's at WVU football. And you, what you will see is you will see Coach Brown and the Mountaineers come in on buses. They shake hands with the coal miners. They engage in fellowship with the coal miners. They're eating meals with them and they're learning about the very difficult work that these folks do every day. They're getting in an elevator and they're going down hundreds of feet into these coal mines and working their tails off every single day. And I just found it to be so authentic and so smart of Coach Brown to take his team there. And Travis, I appreciate you you sending me that because, look, man, my hometown, Parisburg, Virginia, is, I don't know, 10, 12 miles or something from the West Virginia border. And we used to go down 460, due west on 460. We would go to Princeton. They had a mall there. We didn't have very many malls near us. We had one in Christiansburg to the east, and we had one in Princeton, West Virginia to the west. And Bluefield. And my parents, when I was a young boy, would take us to the West Virginia State Fair, which was in Clarksburg. We li- I lived in West Virginia for a very short time in my life, a place called Salem. West Virginia, because my daddy worked in Fairmont uh, for a company, right? I mean, I was like three years old at the time. But growing up a Virginia Tech fan and a staunch Virginia Tech fan at the behest of my dad, and all you guys know at this point why I was such a huge Virginia Tech fan, it's because I got to go there and watch what was our pro team. And our hatred of West Virginia ran so deep. I remember in 1989, my dad took me to see West Virginia play Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. And we're talking Major Harris Mountaineers, dude. Major Harris was a stud. We're talking about Heisman candidate, uh, stronger than an ox, just a playmaker. He was so ahead of his time as a playmaker and the way that he made those plays, running and throwing and just an electric football player. And they've had unbelievable talent come through West Virginia University, and not just Major Harris. I mean, you're talking about guys like Pat White and Steve Slayton, just electric players. Mark Bulger. Mark Bulger, uh, whom I've just gotten to know very recently, had a phenomenal career at West Virginia. And so it's amazing to me as as time has passed – and and I've become a bit more aware of how football weaves through the fabric of this country. There's so much relatability to West Virginia's program and Virginia Tech's program, and not just those two, but programs in smaller towns all over this country. It's the identity of the fan base. That football team is everything. It's the pulse of those 
of those towns. Now here's the difference for the West Virginia Mountaineers. It's the only team. It's all they got in that state. They have the West Virginia Mountaineers. And you can see it in the football program. You can certainly see it in Coach Huggins and the basketball program and how much that state clings to that university for its identity and its pride and its passion and and and, and a manifestation of who they are. So for Neil Brown to show up in Morgantown from Troy, Alabama, and immediately decide at the outset of fall camp, I'm going to need to show these young men what they represent. Now, Coach Brown is from Kentucky. So he understands that small town. He, he has this great keen awareness of that small town importance of that identity. And I just... Kudos to coach. I think it's brilliant. I think it was just such an intelligent thing to do. And I guarantee you that those players learned. Well, you think about it. Those players now will f- fully understand these fans live and die for that football team. And now they get an understanding of what their daily life is like and what Saturdays mean for these guys because they're 10 hours, hundreds of feet down in the ground working their ass off. And so on Saturdays, West Virginia is their their outlet, their freedom, and now these players get to understand what their fans are really about. It's uh, you know, it, it's so cool too. If you really dive into Coach Brown's lineage as a as a football mind and his pedigree as a football mind, he is, as I said, from Danville, Kentucky. All right, Danville, Kentucky, and then he went on to play football at the university of Kentucky. One of the assistants at the University of Kentucky when Coach Brown played there, Mike Leach. And I love Mike Leach. Mike Leach knows exactly who he is and he has this keen awareness of what he's representing every day. He has this keen awareness of the way to lead young men. And that had, I'd love to ask Coach Brown, that had to have had such an indelible impact on Coach Brown. And I just... Travis, thank you so much for sending me that. Travis, no, you knew. I saw you the, knew that that was going to be something that got my juices going. I saw the video last night and I sent it to you. I was actually shocked that I didn't get a response from me immediately when I sent that video just because I know, you know, what that kind that area means to you and I knew it would hit you. I love, I love that small town southern man vibe. I love that. And not only that, I love when people are proud of it. That's one of the things that has given me so much pride about this book, about my book, Never Settle. The way that it's impacting small town rural America and the fact that those, the, the, the feedback that I'm getting that somebody's saying it, somebody has our back, somebody's proud to represent us. And that means so much to me. And so that's exactly what this is. And you're right. You sent it to me. I'm looking at my phone now. You sent me the video at 10.28 p.m. I think I went to bed at like 8.55. Wow, that's early for you. Bro, I'm wore out, man. You you know what else I thought when I saw that video? Alabama's 40-hour week. Yes. 
I wish we could play it. We just can't afford it. We can't. No, we don't have the money. I think you can loosely say some lyrics if you wanted to. I think we might be able to get away with that. But yeah, Are we can't sure? play the song. We we, we didn't get. You could you could say the recite the the West Virginia part. I think. Well, it's not just the West Virginia part. You know, it's it's the entire way that Alabama lays out that song and the shout outs that they offer blue collar America. It's Detroit auto workers. It's Pittsburgh steel mill workers. It's West Virginia coal miners. It's Kansas wheat field farmers. It's these folks, you know, and, and it's not just that. It's the policemen. It's the, it's the guys who are rolling down the highway in a, in an 18 wheeler delivering the stuff that the farmers grew. It's the acknowledgement of the folks who are working every single day. And they're not, they don't have a spotlight shining on them. They're just thankful to be working. It makes me think of a line in the Montgomery Gentry song, something to be proud of, where Troy Gentry, who of course passed away a couple of years ago in a tragic helicopter accident, he states in that song, I don't need to make a million, just be thankful to be working. Like, Yes, that's it. It's the pride that comes with, man, I am given every single thing I got and I'm proud of the living I'm making and what I'm representing and that I'm providing for my family that I love so much. And that's such a beautiful line. I remember hearing it the first time and it just punched me right across the face. And every single time I hear it, I think about how important that line is. Don't, you don't have to be rich financially to be rich in your soul. And I love that entire thought. And I love that Coach Brown took those mountaineers to that coal mine and showed them tangibly what they're standing for. I just think, man, that is, that is awesome. And we will be cheering for them this season. And I hope that they do so well. And I can tell you, he's already galvanized that fan base in a real big way. So we look forward to watching those Mountaineers play. That was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And as I said off the top there, we have three awesome interviews for you guys uh, on this podcast and three Young men who Ryan McGee and myself were so filled up to spend time with. They made us better because we got to be within their energy and we got to learn about them as men. And they're, I mean, they're all going to be NFL players one day and what it's like to represent their states. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So let's just get right to it. Here are Cash Daniel, Jake Fromm, and Grant Delpit on the Marty Smith's America podcast. I want to start with because Cash Money said so. All right. What's it like to go viral? Man, it was, uh, it, it just took off like a wildfire. It did. Almost. I had the idea kind of thought up when, uh, when I was a kid growing up. I just never had that opportunity, you know, to, uh, celebrate that hard for something that, I, that I've done. So, um, you know, I, I grabbed our video guy, Jacob Noger, and I was, I was like, man, you know, we're about to win this ball game. So I got, I got something in mind. You know, when that clock hits zero, so I said, so stand by me. I just let it out and, uh, 
about an hour later, it's got about a million views on Twitter, and then just goes everywhere. Did you hear from Stone Cold? Uh, not right off the bat, but then uh, I'm now friends with uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and AJ Styles Club. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. Carl put me in a, a group text, you know, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's just say that me and Stone Cold, you know, had the uh, had the same language. We, we spoke the same language with that the four letter That doesn't surprise answers. me. Group text no, with Stone with Cold. Cold. Yep. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. Awesome. Speaking of pretty cool, look at this ring right here. Yep. That's what you play for. There are guys who will try to play it cool, and they get their ring, and they're like, well, I'm not going to wear that, or I'm going to stick it in a safety deposit box or whatever. That- uh, I mean, some some guys are like that. You know, for me, and, and what this ring, you know, means to me is, you know, I've never been on any type of championship team. I've never had, you know, champions put a cross on a T-shirt on me. For us to win that game and how we did it with each other and how tight that group was, uh, you know, we really were our brother's keepers. Y'all embodied that David versus Goliath Lexington against the world mentality. How did you embody that from your perspective last year? A lot of people know that they don't give us a lot of uh, credit, you know, right from the get-go. Each year, you know, Coach Stoops has built, you know, almost like a, a foundation for us. Last year, we took that next step and going to a New Year's Day game, uh, beating a powerhouse and like winning. Penn State and winning it, and uh, then having guys get drafted, getting guys to the combine, getting Kentucky football's brand out there. What's it mean to you to be this model for all these other schools? They can do this. We can do this. For me, being from Kentucky, uh, it means a lot to me. Just because I grew up uh, in that culture of seeing the ups and downs of Kentucky football. You know, I guess that's a big thing, a sense of pride for us because, you know, if people are using us around the country, you know, as a model and wanting to build a program like ours, that shows that Coach Stoops has done the right thing with this program, is continuing to do the right things with this program. What's your message to anyone who doesn't believe you can replicate it? Okay, cool. That's cool. Just sit back and watch. If people still want to, you know, talk about us like that, then we'll just keep, you know, producing what we have year in and year out and finally take that last step to get into Atlanta. Kirby compared you to Tim Tebow. That is some high praise. When you you learn that your head coach compares you to somebody that's had that kind of impact, not only on the field but Mm -hmm. off the field, what are your thoughts? I should be thankful. I mean, because Tim, you know, he's he's definitely up there in the books. You know, just trying to have that impact on the field with my teammates, but definitely off the field, you know, in the community, uh, you know, in the relationships with my teammates and and whoever else I I come encounter with. What's it like now versus? when you first got there because I can't imagine what it's like being the man mm-hmm. on campus at the University of Georgia. Right. Uh, it's it's tough sometimes. I can walk into a, a crowd at the grocery store, you know, and I can I could be there thirty seconds or I could be there for thirty minutes. You know, you know you never know. Just part of the life I'm in, I'm thankful for it and I, I wouldn't ask for anything else. Tell me a fishing story. Who taught you how to fish? <laughs> yeah, uh, my granddad, he, he taught me how to fish. You know, we're going out to catch fish and I remember being young and, and I remember catching like a, a really, really, really big crappie. My granddad's cousin, you know, he pulls up and, you know, they, they hadn't caught as many fish as we have that day because we, we slapped warm out. And, you know, granddad, you know, he said, all right, you know, here you can have some more fish, you know. And then he takes a big fish that I had caught that day. You know, I'm like, no, you can't, you can't do that, granddad. Like, what are you doing? Granddad throws a big fish. I'm like, granddad, no, not the big fish. That's my fish, you know. And, and so I, I think I cried all the way home. I had to go catch me another big fish, you know, and, you know, that, that's granddad. 
How did those two Alabama games shape you mm-hmm. or reshape you yeah. as a player and a leader? Yeah, I mean, you know, tough games. You know, it is what it is. You know, obviously you want to come out on top, but, you know, that's not the way the, the cards were played that day and made me better as a football player, made our team better, and, and we're trying to do more throughout this, this offseason and go out and, and hit, camp, hit, hit camp running. When you have a loss like that and it's to a, an Alabama or, or whoever, how long does that hang with you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm different than other people. For me, it's it's over the next day after I watch film on it. As soon as that film's over, it's like, all right, you know, I, I accept it. It is what it is. Let's go on to the next one. Last time that I had the opportunity to see you was your spring game. And mm-hmm. uh, you had a message for me at halftime about my ability to the officiate. Ball spot. It was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> what are you doing? You don't understand how much I've enjoyed this. He says, hey, come here. Come here. He's warming up. He goes, hey, man, uh, I really like what you do in your job like, you know you, you do such a good job in your job and you should probably keep it because you are a god awful no. referee yeah and i said thank you jake all right number seven that's a big deal sir how's it feel the first time you, you pulled that thing on man it's crazy you know i gotta understand the tradition that it is it really speaks for itself you know number seven is just a strong tradition at LSU. The guys has worn it before me. You know, I'm extremely blessed and honored to, you know, be able to be in that position to wear it, and for the coaches to think of me that high to, uh, you know, choose me as that. So yeah, I'm definitely blessed and ready. There will be a lot of people watching this who don't know that tradition. Yeah, the number seven for those who don't know is just the traditionally leader of the defense, leader of the team, the guy that everybody just listens to. That his word, you know, it means a lot, and he lets his play do the talking. So I think that, you know. My versatility and my leadership skills, I think that I fit right into that as a player and as a person. There's no place like Saturday night in no Death place. Valley. There's Nothing not. We, we're both on the record as saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've been fortunate to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. What's it like as somebody who's pulling those colors over your head and hitting that wind bar mm-hmm. and running out there? It's, it's madness. Tiger walk packed on either side. Student section right to your right when you run in the stadium. We warm up. We run straight to the student section and hype them up. Saturday night in the Valley is always packed, man. 100,000 deep. It's crazy. For people who haven't, man, y'all got to go. It's, it's, it's experience. How do you hear? You don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I play on defense, so I play on defense, so I don't. You know, they they quiet down for the offense a little bit, give them some, give them some hearing. But defense third down, you can't hear. It's crazy. I remember, you know, the Alabama game that first drive, man. It was it was it was insane. People say I hit too late. I couldn't hear the whistle. What's your song when it's time for Bama? When it's time for Georgia? When it's time yeah. for what? What are you listening to? I'm not a country guy. I see this country. I'm not, I'm not, I'm right. not a big country guy. That's all right. But, hey, I like country music, though, so I don't have anything against it. Yeah. Calling Baton Rouge by uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, that hype me up every day, every time. I, I would never thought that a country song like that would hype me up like that. Man, <laughs> they want to go out there and make some plays. That song is on my playlist now. Yeah, I'm a, I know the words to the song. What is it like at halftime when y'all aren't playing quite up to your ability and Coach O is really not happy with you? How's that go? It don't go too good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't too pretty. A lot of yelling and red face for Coach O's side, but you, know, you got to get honest, man. If we want to be one of the best teams in the country, we got to go out there and perform like it. We can't make a lot of mistakes. We got to do everything we can to prevent those mistakes, man. So it's not, it's not too pretty. How many words in that? in that address do y'all actually pick up do i comprehend Uh, i don't know maybe like one out of four
Twenty-five percent is pretty good. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's enough to get your point across. Yeah. yeah. All right, Travis. Let's let's break this down. Let's start with Cash. Cash is now officially our dude. He's yeah. If He's there the was, official college football player of Marty and McGee, 2019. If there was ever a football player to embody the Marty McGee program and this podcast, this year it's Cash Daniel. Because because Cash Daniel said is? so. It didn't take us. It took me ten seconds to realize, and I had not met Cash. I had not met Cash until he sat down in that chair. And I will tell you this: I love. It's just like we were talking about with the Mountaineers a bit ago. That young man, every time he puts those shoulder pads over his head, is also putting the state of Kentucky on his shoulders. That man is from East Eastern Kentucky. That man loves representing his home state. And I think that that is the coolest attribute. I love his passion. I love that he's completely uninterested in all the minutia outside and that he's completely focused on where he's going. You know who he reminds me of? Remember Ben Bolware at Clemson a few years ago? Yes. A couple of years ago? He's very, he reminds me so much of Ben because he knows exactly who he is and that's who he's going to be. And I also have got to hit him up and I got to get on this tech group text with him and Stone Cold. I got to see how that goes down. I'm very jealous of that one. I think that's oh, probably the wow. most like just uh, I'm, who you texting out Stone Cold. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm getting a getting a motivational speech here from Stone Cold. I just think that's so great and what a great young man. Appreciate his time so much. Can't wait to see him play this season. If now, you, let's hold on a second on. though. If you could be uh pick a person to be in a group chat with that uh, you don't know, who would that person be living? <sighs> um Living, one living, it'd have to be MJ. I knew it. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be with MJ, man. I want to know what he's talking about every day. So would your, your response, your first response just be a bunch of like random letters? <laughs> it would be that. Uh, so it was awesome to hang out with Cash and we wish him so well this upcoming season. We love his coach too, Coach Stoops. Um, I love what he's done with that program and it's so important that the athletic administration gave Coach Stoops time. They gave him years to build a program. And that's so rare these days. And look what happened. Ten win season last year, beat up on Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. It's just uh it's a great story. Wish him well this year. Uh Jake Fromm, uh there's you cannot you, there's not enough superlatives to to for, for what the way I feel about this young man. Unbelievable leader. Just unbelievable leader. Justin Fields left Georgia for a reason. Now, Jacob Eason, of course, got hurt, and that's one reason that he is not no longer at Georgia, but I don't think it's the only reason. I think Jacob Eason's in part at the University of Washington because Jake Fromm is just so indomitable. Yeah, Jake Fromm got the job and, and ran with it and didn't let up. Right. He is just, his leadership, he has, he has an innate leadership ability that you just don't come across very often. It's actually Tebow-like. And you don't, you just don't see that, that self-confidence very often. And I loved what he had to say about fishing with his grandfather. That is the, that is, those types of memories and those types of moments are what I yearn for. I love, I love that. Just being out in a boat 
with just you guys. You don't even have to really say anything because the energy that is being exchanged between you is beautiful. And I love that. I love it. Maybe someday, uh, maybe someday I can go rip some lips with, uh, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be a nice little, uh, feature. We could just you and Jake out there on uh, a boat going fishing. You went with Paul, you went with Paul George, so maybe you can teach Jake a thing or two and he can teach you something. He, uh, I'm sure he could teach me. But, but Jake uh, seems like a quarterback that just unfazed. Like the mistake yeah. doesn't bother him. Like he gets so like you can't really rustle his feathers. And the only team that's been able to top him is Alabama. Like that's that's his career right now. Like that's how he good is. he is. And, and you got to think about the stages that that Alabama topped him. The last play of the national championship, and late in the SEC championship. And that is this, that's, that will be how they're measured in 2019. Did you beat Bama or not? Grant Delpit, uh, probably the best defensive back in the United States of America and was chosen this year to wear the coveted number seven at LSU. It is the greatest honor you can have within that program is to wear that number and some of the greatest who've ever done it at Louisiana State University wore that number. Tyron Matthew wore number seven. Patrick Peterson wore number seven. Leonard Fournette wore number seven. And the latest in that in that group is now Grant Delpit. Uh, he, is, he is unbelievable. He was certainly one of the most dominant players in the country last season. He was a unanimous first-team All-American and will be so once again. Uh, many consider him to be a projected top five pick in next April's draft. And it was so fun to chat with him about what it means to earn that number seven. It's so fulfilling to me, Travis, to have the opportunity to engage with these young men and learn about their lives. What awesome guys and great football players. Well, it's because we don't hear a lot from players typically with their media availability. And when you do, it's more after the game or before a game, so it's very X's and O's on the field. And here we're getting to see a different side of these guys and kind of seeing the personality and why the coaches went after these guys. It's very easy to tell why, you know, Stoops and Kirby and Orgeron, they have these guys. that It's easy to understand. It is easy to understand. And, I again, it, McGee and I just feel so fortunate to hang out with them. And I can't wait to watch all three of those guys play this season. All of them stand to have landmark years and lead their teams to great seasons. We just need to work and, with uh, Grant. If he's going to be down in the South, that he, he said that Garth Brooks is really the only country song that he knows. We need to get him a little more going with, uh, you know, they play Mel McDaniel there too, Grant, so you could, you know, get going a little more. They do, Louisiana Saturday night. But if you're going to know one, if you play at LSU and you're going to want to know one song, it's calling Baton Rouge. Cause let me tell you guys, I'm sure we've discussed this on the Marty Smith's America podcast before. However, if you have not been in Death Valley on Saturday night, when they play calling Baton Rouge, you have not truly lived college football yet. When Garth says Louisiana, the place sways. It's remarkable. And uh, it's just one of those things in college football that is just so beautiful and and permeates that state. Again, it's like we were talking about with West Virginia earlier and, and Kentucky earlier. 
Baton Rouge is LSU. And they love them some Saints down there in NOLA. Uh, with Zion in town, they're going to champion the Pelicans. But LSU football on Saturday night is a religious experience. And I've said it many times last year when I was at in Death Valley for the Alabama game, it was around 5.50 in the morning local time. And I had a 6.02 live shot on Sports Center, And I'm standing there preparing my mind for what I might say. And a guy walks through the parking lot. Welcome to Death Valley, Tiger Stadium behind me. This guy comes up dressed like Darth Vader with a megaphone in one hand and a handle of Jack Daniels in the other. Holds up that megaphone and says, welcome to Death Valley, Marty. You want some Jack? And I said, man, I love this place. <laughs> the answer would be yes if I wasn't working, sir. Losing hair sucks, Travis. It, it does. About two out of, yeah, about two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. You and I seem to be bucking that trend. We're good. But not everybody has the heads of hair that we do. I want to introduce you guys to Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you already have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but not anymore. Thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and really easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just 10 bucks a month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Here's how you get started. It's super easy. Sign up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few simple questions, snap some photos of your dome, to complete your online doctor consultation. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment package for you. Then it ships straight to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. There's only two. There's only two. You may have tried them before, but never for this price. Only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you get to keep your first month free. One hell of a deal for keeping your hair. If you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor. With Keeps, there's finally a way to get the help you need right when you need it. For a limited time, receive your first month of treatment for free. Zero dollars and zero cents. Just go to Keeps.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Marty. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, guys. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. Thank you so much to Travis for bringing that West Virginia story to me. Coach Brown, you're doing it already. Thanks so much to Cash Daniel, Grant Delpit, and Jake Fromm for their time down at SEC Media Days, as well as McGee, of course, who's on a cruise ship right about now. Thanks so much to Louise for giving us this platform. Thank you so much to my friends at the Lebitard Network. What they did for me last week, to open my book tour, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to say enough thank yous. They brought me to Miami. They let me sit in on their show for three consecutive hours. And it was just unbelievable. I've been sitting here all week long trying to figure out how to say thank you to my friends. Dan and Stu and Mike and uh, Trey Wingo and Mike Golick and Mike Jr. And uh, Nicole Briscoe and Randy Scott. And Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt had me on his television program for more than five minutes to discuss my book. And 
I just can't describe to you guys what that is. I can't describe to you guys. That is friendships. That is folks about whom I care uh, uh, taking care of me. And I am so appreciative of all of them. And I'm going to figure out a way to properly say thank you. And for people uh, listening, five minutes in TV time is like 30 minutes in life. Yeah, yeah it's all day. I mean, it's a, it's a very long segment. Uh, thank you so much to our law enforcement officials who are out there every single day keeping our community safe. Thank you so much to our military members here in the United States, all over the world, our men and women in uniform who are fighting every day, who are working every day to make sure that we live in this free country and have the opportunity to walk out the front door every single day and do whatever the hell we want to do and be whatever we want to be. We live in a free country, and I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you all for hanging out. We'll try to do better next time. This is episode 66 of the Marty Smith's America podcast. God bless you all. Have a good week.